0: This is episode 8 of season 2 of the Game Theory Explained podcast. Today, we continue our discussion with Professor Debashish Mishra on the top trading cycle algorithm.
1: You know, one salient feature of this uh, matching theory literature is that there is no monetary transaction. It's basically everything is only preference based. And basically, uh, of course, uh, uh, there are many markets where such things happen, where the monetary transactions are by nature not allowed. So one classic example is organ market, you know, the organ transplant market. So there are patients on one side and there are donors on one side. And many countries have uh, you know restrictions about monetary transactions on, on organ donation. So how do you match organ donors to patients? Okay, so the so matching theory contributes to something like that you know so so these these are the kind of settings where you can apply these things.
0: so um the top trading cycle algorithm that you mentioned is that um since it's only one sided is it easier to compute than the um uh,
1: yes and no, i mean the uh, the computational complexity, if you were to think about it uh, in terms of computer science perspective, like how many bits of computations that you need to do, uh, both the algorithms are equally efficient. So, so you can essentially run both the algorithms in uh, uh, what they call uh, you know linear time in the number of uh, 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 number of uh, you know agents on both sides of the market. So, so, in that sense, they are equally efficient. the only thing I would add is that uh, uh, probably the top trading cycle is easier to comprehend because there is only one side preference to think about. And I can explain also what the top trading cycle is. It's not very difficult. So what happens is, as I said, the setting is let's say there are houses on one side and buyers on the other side and buyers have preferences over houses. So what you do is uh, in against an iterative algorithm in every round, some things happen and you uh, go on. So, uh, so think of uh, round one, in round one, every buyer points to his favorite house. Okay, so there are many houses, you point to your favorite house, somebody else points to his favorite house and so on and so forth, okay and basically uh uh before sorry i forgot one crucial step. before the start of round one arbitrarily assign houses to uh, agents. okay so so this is a, a starting thing this is not the final allocation but the starting allocation then basically you point to the buyer who owns your house okay your favorite house and then you keep pointing to each other from basically because you have my favorite house you know, your favorite house is with somebody else and then she points to me. So essentially what happens is it it will definitely create a cycle of this pointing. You point to someone, she points to someone, she points to me and so on. Along the cycle, you train. So that's why the name is called top trading cycle. So you point to your top house and along this pointing, you trade. So that is, if I point to you, you give me your house if you point to somebody else she gives you your house and so on and so forth and you trade so as 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 long as as soon as there is a cycle you trade and you leave the market and then you repeat the algorithm again amongst the remaining houses and the remaining agents people start pointing again and and so what so this algorithm is also due to uh, you know David Gale the same person who uh uh, you know who uh, designed the gail Shapti algorithm? Uh, Shapley was not it, but it is uh, credited to uh, Shapley and Shubik uh, uh, in their paper. But but the original idea was again from Shapley. But but the top trading cycle is essentially uh, you know trading along the top uh, uh, houses and and basically so you see that the houses have no preferences and. There is no role of houses and, as such. So what uh, what uh, sh- uh, what what was shown is that this top trading uh, uh, cycle also has some nice properties. I mean, uh, some kind of uh, economically interesting properties and so on. Um, yeah, that's that's very great. So uh, so let me correct myself. The 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 algorithm is due to David Gale, but uh, The algorithm, when it was published, it was published in the name of Shapley and Scar. So, Herbert Scar and Lloyd Shapley uh, jointly wrote uh, a paper which described the algorithm. But in the paper, they attribute uh, the uh, original idea to David Gale only. So, this is the top trading algorithm? Yeah. Right, right. Top trading cycle algorithm. So basically you see there's a common connection between at least the inventors and, and also there are some similarities in ideas and so on. But yeah, I mean, the framework is also very similar. So they were all thinking about the same thing and so on.
0: Yeah. And all of these models, um, how does the number of players affect the models? So, uh,
1: so. Uh, it does not. It does not. So it's just that it may, if the number of houses is not equal to the number of buyers or if the, the number of seats in a school is not equal to the number of students or something, it just becomes a little messy to describe how to deal with these cases. In the uh, in the benchmark case where the number of seats in a school in across all schools is equal to the number of students, the analysis is quite uh, clear but of, of course the algorithm can be modified even if these things are not equal and so on but it, things become a little messy perhaps, so.
0: and to compute these um is is there an application of computer science also
1: yeah 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 so computer scientists have been working on this so of course uh, you know these are centralized algorithms right so centralized algorithm in the sense that there are two ways to think about it. One is like, uh, you know, just like we do in Delhi's uh, school admission, everybody uploads their preference onto a, a website. And basically, schools have some criteria of, uh, you know, priority classes, like, you know, th- this number of seats for these kinds of students, this number of seats for these kind of students, and so on. And then basically, you can run a centralized algorithm on that. So, computer scientists have been devising smart... Uh, uh, you know uh, what are called data structures to deal with these algorithms and so on. yes, yeah, so there there is an active computer science community which works on improving the speed of executing the algorithms and so, on.
0: so before that were they manually um computed?
1: Good question. So I think one of the first applications of uh, the Gale happy algorithm was in the uh medical intern markets in uh, i think boston area so basically every year a lot of uh, me- medical school students who, who need to do internships need to be massed to medical schools across i think even in india across the world so i so so i al roth who is kind of the pioneer of uh, applying gail Shapley in practice he shared the nobel prize with lloyd chapley he basically uh, was the first one to advise this uh, Boston medical community that they should look into this Gail chapter algorithm and apply that. So this was, I think, before you know, active computers came into being. So I think, uh, you know, at least faster computers came into being. So, uh, so I'm sure, uh, you know, they 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 were executing it in some smart way, but not using a lot of computers i'm sure so uh, but now of course everything is uh, you know super computer based and so on. So it's
0: yeah funny. because i remember um, when i was researching about this i came across the college admission problem yeah. and the um, stable marriage problem which you just talked about right,
1: right? so they are related i mean this is just a different terminology the marriage problem, I mean, so you can you can look at some dating websites also how they match and, uh, you know, you know uh, couples and so on. But basically the uh, the idea is the same, like you have preferences on both sides and you need to respect those preferences while forming a match. And, and this Gail Shapley gives a natural algorithm, which has some nice economic properties to do that. And the only difference between a marriage market and and a school admission problem or a college admission problem is that colleges have capacity which is more than one. So they can admit more than one student, which is not the case in a marriage market. But that doesn't change the basic idea of the algorithm. I mean, uh, some some computer scientists would like to think that if a college has fifty seats, you can. Think of 50 colleges with one seat each, also, and having the same preference, and and the basic idea of the algorithm will, uh, will continue.
0: right. These were all of my questions about the Gale-Shapley deferred acceptance algorithm. I have some about um, auction theory, actually. Okay. From your so, um, I would just like to start off with asking you about vickery
1: auctions what are vickery auctions okay so i, I think vickery auctions are quite uh, uh, unusual options to explain to a layman so uh, so let me first describe the setting so the option is for a single object and there are many buyers who want to buy the object and buyers have value for the object so this is like the maximum they are willing to pay for the object Okay. And so, uh, so the best way to think about the wiki option is the following. I'll, I'll come to the formal definition later. So think of a process where the seller has a clock. And so, so this clock is a price clock. So this price clock, uh, uh, you know, announces the price of the object at any point. And it starts at zero price. And it continuously increases. The price keeps on increasing from zero. At any point, the buyers may... So think of every buyer having a switch in front of him. And as soon as the price is too high for a buyer, the buyer can just press the switch and exit the auction. Okay, so this uh, procedure. Okay, so now it's... uh, I think it takes just two minutes of thinking that Uh, If I I have a value of 100, as soon as the price hits 100, I will hit it because I don't want to buy it after price of 100 because my maximum that I'm willing to pay is 100. So if the price crosses 100, I won't like to buy. I won't like to press the button earlier also because then I could have won the auction by staying in the auction and by pressing the button, I will have to exit the auction. So essentially what will happen is every buyer will press the button as soon as the price hits the value. And the auction ends as soon as there is only one buyer left in the auction. So basically everybody else has dropped out and there is only one guy left. Okay. So now think of what will happen. Suppose there are four buyers with value 20, 15, 10 and 5. Okay. 20, 15, 10 and 5. So now the first guy to drop out will be at five. And then the second guy to drop out will be at ten, and the third guy to drop out will be fifteen, and that's when the auction will stop because the auction stops as soon as there is only one buyer left in the market. So.
0: This was episode 8 of season 2 of the Game Theory Explained podcast and next week we conclude our discussion with Professor Devashish Mishra and speak about Vikri Dutch procurement auctions.